Yeah, right. So we played West Brom and we played uh, Bursa Sport and one of them was dreadful and the other one was just about all right because Bursa Sport were really bad and we're probably going to draw against Stoke. Let's talk about Wayne Rooney. All I have to say that, about the Bursa Sport game was I saw the starting lineup and I thought, I hope Nanny scores, uh, <laughs> you know, because that starting lineup was incredibly devoid of creativity. Incredibly. Well, welcome to the future post Wayne Rooney. That's all I can say. That is after Ryan Giggs. And Paul Scholes have retired and Wayne Rooney has uh, swanned off to wherever he's going to. That's United's lineup, isn't it? I mean, I suppose we can throw Dimitar Berbatov in there. But that's the future, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, you know, let's hope it's good. It certainly wasn't good last night against Bursa Sport. Uh, I've got to say, that was uh, devoid of any entertainment, that game as well. It was so flat. And yeah, you know, e- even the the little bit of we want Glazer out chanting and a few anti Wayne Rooney songs uh, didn't manage to liven things up. And it's good. No, they, Just got they, that one out of the way, and then we'll move on to the away match, which I'm sure will be even tougher. Uh, you say it was totally devoid of entertainment. Uh, Twenty minutes before the show, I put out a uh, call on Twitter to ask people what we should talk about this week with them. Slight irony, given. The situation and uh, perhaps my favorite response from at cdn stretty park's hair you can't call a match with that haircut in it devoid of entertainment oh shocking isn't it i mean it's almost as bad as his performances this, this season i mean <laughs> I, how many times did park give away the ball last night I, I mean i think it was at least nine or ten and that's probably the amount of passes he made in the game yeah it, he's having an absolutely woeful season and um you you just you just dread him being in the side at home he, he had a woeful game. Uh, so did Carrick. I mean, if there's any game that Carrick, you want to say, take this game by the scruff of the neck, you're the senior man, go for it. And he didn't. And uh, Anderson, I thought, wasteful again. I just, it's so frustrating, this guy. I just, I, I mean, you know, I've given up on him. If he comes good, great. Uh, but I have no expectations. And uh, and then Machado, I mean, he was just too isolated to have any kind of impact on the game. And, and so, you know, all in all, it's three points, and that's the best thing you can say about that. Which, of yeah. course, was better than the West Brom game, because that was only one point. Yeah, and, I mean, whatever. can't even remember what happened in the West Brom game, there were, there, apart from the howler, obviously. Um, like, West Brom were kind of considerably the better side in the second half, I thought, which is rather upsetting. Yeah, and, and they held on to... They held on to that draw easily. I mean, they they had a good chance with Chris Brunt late in the game. They they straight the ball around nicely. They second game in a row that United's midfield has been outpassed. And you know, we're not talking Barcelona and Real Madrid here. We're talking Sunderland and West Brom. And uh, yeah, and you know, I've got to say, they, United were outdone in midfield and um, pretty pretty disappointing. And you know, okay, a couple of free goals. And yeah. you know, but we but we seem to be getting free goals every week. You know, if, if that's the excuse, right? And you uh, can't you can't say they didn't deserve a point. They deserved a point. So right, uh, talking of United massively underperforming, then uh, that's why Wayne wants out. Um, Apparently so. I guess it's hard to kind of break this down into specifics. We'll, we'll do that as we go through the story. But like, I've deliberately not phoned you all week because I wanted to, just to have this discussion on the podcast. What do you make of the whole sorry mess? Give us an overview of your perspective, Ed. 
Well, let, let's let's talk timeline just so we get that clarified, you know, because I've I've seen a lot of chatter in the the Twitter sphere and so on, and people have got this, you know, this this very wrong. So sometime a long time before the World Cup, early spring, United put the the word out that they basically agreed a contract with Rooney, and I think that was from some informal discussions where they didn't talk money. And he said, I want to stay at United for life. And, and I wrote a piece in June uh, before the World Cup saying United managed to get Rooney on the cheap. And it, it was a kind of semi-snidey remark at, you know, the Glazer family's running of this club and their desire to have everything cheap. But also a, a genuine observation that, you know, the 130000 that they were talking at the time was cheap. Um, mm. So they shelved the, the contract talks for whatever reason prior to the World Cup, letting concentrate, that was the word, but, you know, a little bit odd. Um, so you wonder whether he was thinking then, whether it was, you know, that was actually the right thing or whether he was, you know, had had word with other parties via agents and so on across town at the Bertie Dome. And, um, and, and so, you know, World Cup and all that, had terrible World Cup, came back and has apparently gone in and, and had several meetings in August, culminating on this, this you know, now infamous meeting on the 14th of August where he's told David Gill uh, that he no longer wanted to sign a contract unless he could be given the assurances about the quality of the squad and so on. And I'm, I'm sure David Gill told him where to shove that because it's not his business. And so we got to this weird war of words this week, you know, which basically involved a lot of briefing behind the scenes from both sides, starting with Stretford and his people, as Paul Stretford, uh, Rooney's agent. And so over the weekend, it's of stories came out they're all basically the same saying Rooney wanted out he hates the manager breakdown in the relationship it was all leaked from the the Stretford side of course then you know Ferguson's masterly press conference uh yeah a lot of spin gotta say my take is a lot of spin convenience but throwing it all back on Rooney painting him as the mercenary the player who just wants the money and you know we've looked after him uh, since he's been here all his problems I tried to protect him with the the fake injury and you know or he was injured but you know sometimes you try and protect them obviously put Rooney in a real difficult position and then then yesterday's statement where um Rooney's basically flipped around the old the other bit about you know breakdown and relationship with the manager and said yeah it's been a bit difficult but you know massive respect for him he's my mentor and he's a genius and all of that but you know the club lacks ambition so finally they've got the PR game right here and they're now talking about the problems with the club it's just a bit too late because uh, Ferguson's performance uh, on Tuesday so thoroughly convinced everyone that uh, it's all about Rooney's uh, desire for more money that uh, I, I think they've lost that one already. So that, that's that's my kind of overview of it, and then you know my my take on it is, uh, I think um, I, I think Rooney's head's probably been turned. I'm sure he's had word with with uh, people on behalf of Manchester City. I'm sure it won't be direct. No one's stupid enough to do that. I'm sure he realizes, and his agent realizes that there's a lot more money out there than than what's going to be on offer from United. Even if United go up to say 150, they're not going to go much further than that. Um, otherwise, you know, they're blowing their own wage structure completely out of the water uh, for the player, and 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 he has been turned as a result. And I'm sure, as well as a top player, he's thought, "Hang on a minute, we've lost Tevez and we lost Ronaldo, and they're telling me this is a, one of the world's top clubs. I'm one of the world's top players. I expect to be paid like a world's top player, but I also expect to be playing alongside other top players, and that didn't happen this summer. So I kind of think there's all of that thrown in." You put a poll up on um, United Rant, which is like, who do you th- whose fault do you think this is, Ferguson Rooney? That was quite early in the week, um, and obviously your 
you're not sort of saying it's cut and dried, it's one person's fault or the other, but you're trying to kind of just generally take the pulse of where people are at. And obviously it was like overwhelmingly, everyone thinks it's Rooney's fault, whatever, you know. But the, you know, I put in the comments in a slightly tongue-in-cheek way, some is it some nuanced combination of both? Because clearly for all the spin that's going on and for all the kind of vitriolic anti-Wayne Rooney sentiment that I've been seeing, there's undeniably truth in what he said and now is it the whole story that he wants to play with the the best players in the world and he's not interested in money and he thinks Manchester United lack ambition you know it's probably not the whole story but absolutely you just look at that squad without him and you know obviously like he felt that he entirely carried the team last season and then when he got injured the season fell apart and we didn't win any major trophies because he got injured in the last part of the season you know I I really think that he probably believes that that's the case and and it's not far off the truth is it I mean let's be objective about this Mm. without Wayne Rooney and I hate to use this cliche but is there a world-class player in the United side where there's players who have been Rio but he's got his problems problems Nemanja maybe but does he have the kind of class Patrice Evra poor form and they're all defenders Um, Nani on the cusp you know he's had he's had a great sort of eight or nine months can he continue this can he go to the next level which I would say he's you know there's another level that should come from him and it's consistency if he wants to be in that bracket so Wade Rooney aside United have no world-class stars and uh, you know he's got to know that so I do think this is a factor and I do think there was some in of what Ferguson said was disingenuous. Uh, it's but- very it's very easy for us to he sold a story which is very easy to swallow, which is that Sir Alex Ferguson is the greatest, most caring, patriarchal, best manager of all time, and he loves the boy and he's his back you know, the boy's turned his back on the club because his head's been turned and we don't understand how that can possibly be. And United are the best cow in the field, you know? Um which did strike me a little bit seagulls following the trawler. I was quite pleased with that moment from Ferguson today. I, I thought it was a bit Father Ted. small cow far away cow yeah so um it's absolutely and and that's a very that was a very easy story to swallow and it worked wholeheartedly as far as i could see have you listened to football weekly this week did you hear what rob smyth i have and rob smyth and he's the ultra ultra cynical united supporter yeah. And, um, and and you know I believe a lot of what he says and of course people don't like to hear some of these home truths and uh, no, there's a very angry reaction to him when he says that and when I say stuff like that on the blog I get a very angry reaction from people too and, and I do understand because it's the nature of fandom that you don't want to hear these negatives but separating Ferguson and the Glazers is impossible when it comes to financial things he and they are one and so if it comes to spending money or investing in players he's on their wavelength entirely so and he he said it today again and you know read between the lines a little bit he said it today our policies to invest in younger players yeah yeah he said we'll, we'll invest in signature players at another point when we need to well i mean you know a lot of people think <laughs> we need to right now <laughs> yeah yeah you know when when our clubs when our team has got some like key weaknesses in it which are stopping us from going to that next level of winning trophies then we'll invest into some signature players oh right right okay then well great well i won't worry then that's fine that'll happen at that mysterious point in the future yeah i mean the thing about fans being angry i kind of i i, I i'm i'm sure that that some people won't like my perspective on this whole situation but but I really think what we're... I think this is absolutely evidence 
that this is some very serious fall of the Roman Empire stuff for Manchester United at the moment, you know? And and I really hope I'm wrong, and I really hope that the Glazers are financially, personally financially insane enough not to take dividends and that a huge amount of investment is made in the squad, but but I don't see that happening. It seems it seems extraordinarily far fetched to suggest that it would happen. There's think... an interesting um, interesting piece came out of Bloomberg uh, earlier today, and uh, Anders read Andy Green it does the Anders Red blog um, with Tarek at Bloomberg had some uh, very good insider information. He gave me a little bit more information on it, um, and you know, so there's some very good sources here and uh, saying that they'd been told as investors that the Glazers uh, are worried about taking that dividend because they're worried about the backlash now it doesn't mean they're going to spend the money that's a step further but right at the moment they are worried about taking the dividend and that's a very very expensive choice for them because that 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 picked out of which they only own 20 percent so you know 80 percent of 220 million and growing um is rolling up at 16.25 percent interest a year if they don't do anything about it you know, if they don't spend the money they have now, because this is really the optimum time to do it, you know, before the UEFA financial fair play regulations come into play. Yeah. And, um, and you know, the, a lot of people think that United's commercial machine is kind of at its zenith now, and there's not a lot more to squeeze from the market. So if they don't do it now, at this point when they do have a lot of cash in the bank, they might not be able to do it. And it's rolling up to the point where, where that pick date will be worth 600 million in 2017. At the very same time, they need to refinance the bond. So, you know, I wouldn't really personally, if I was an investor, want 1.1 billion pounds worth of debt to deal with at some time in the you know looming future. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be paying 16.25% interest if I had a pile of money that I could stop paying that interest. Um, so, you know, all these things kind of say that it's insane for them not to pay down that pick debt, but... You know that that's the word we're getting. They are scared about doing that, and um, you know that's kudos to the the fans. I think because um, you know our, our passion for United and the work of Must and IMUSA and and everybody else that's you know marched and and all of that has has had a demonstrable effect on the Glazers' strategy right now. Or has it? I mean, it has. If if that is in fact the case, and that's not them putting a spin on it. And last week, it's interesting. This is coming from such illustrious sources. Where where in last week I said, do you think that they haven't taken money from a dividend in the last financial year for PR reasons? You know, it, that obviously that genuinely seems to be a potential factor for them, which which as you say is absolutely extraordinary ordinary what kind of decision is that to make you know from from their perspective i mean from our perspective it it, it would be amazing if they invested some money in in players instead of taking it out of the club would be an extraordinary turn of events that, that's what we want but it is you know it's pushing the problem the problem doesn't go away if they do that you know the problem with the debt is still there right so yeah um, but, the, the, but we do the, want players right we're fans we, we... The, the, the problem with the debt's still there if the glazers take money to pay their own bit of the debt you know it's it's well i i don't i don't think i don't think you should separate them out and i know they like to try and do that to make it look like well you know we've actually actually got 500 million debt and we've got 160 million cash in so really our debt's only 340 million it makes it sound a lot yeah. better than saying we've actually got 730 million pounds worth of debt doesn't it so uh, yeah. i don't think they do because red football joined venture which is a holding company that has the picks only has one asset which is manchester <laughs> united and therefore only one income stream so i think to separate them out is completely and massively disingenuous and yeah. just wrong financially to do it and you should pile them all together because they are effectively the same thing they're not getting cross-subsidized by their property business and no, all their all their, 
or they're NFL teams. So and and you know yeah, quite the opposite. Uh, they are taking money out in loans in order to buy that pick debt, which they did in 2008. So you know this is still there whether the Glazers go out and spend a load of cash to placate the fans or not, which of course the team massively needs, and maybe they need to placate. Rooney as well. Um, interesting statement coming out of United tonight. Uh, basically, a non-statement saying we had a load of meetings today. We haven't resolved anything, uh, but we had a meeting with his agent as well, which David Gill said. So they met Stretford again today. You know, which kind of because it was not conclusive and didn't put it to bed as as Fergie said he would. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of people thinking, oh, maybe he'll sign a contract. And rumor went round that a four-year contract had been signed, uh, which would be remarkable. If that happened, of course, and uh, and there would be an awful lot of people who've said some extremely vitriolic things about Wayne Rooney having to reconsider exactly what their attitude towards the player is, and some players too who've said some interesting things today. So, um, Scalzi done him in training. <laughs> Hero. <laughs> Um, extraordinary I really was hoping it was Gary Neville I have to say uh, that's easily the most retweeted thing I've ever said on Twitter and just uh, exploded with retweet tweets when I uh, hashtagged who who injured Wayne Rooney with Gary Neville is a red is a red is a red <laughs> um, but yeah it's obviously it sounds like it was Scalzi that did it and and uh, you know much as I love the man that probably means it was an accident <laughs> or at least right he's got plausible deniability there's no two ways about it. He could have done that by mistake. Where do we go from here, though? I mean, this is the interesting thing. I, I'd still say the smart money is on on Rooney going in January because, given everything that's been said, I mean, you know, he he, he it's now if he signs a contract, and you know, big ifs, of course. Um, he's he's a, not going to sign it. It just it just seems impossible, doesn't us. he? If he did, he's blackmailed the club into more money in in one of the most extreme ways. You know. A lot more than Keane and Ferdinand did. I mean, both of them were were talking to other clubs, but at least they kept it out of the papers, you know, to the extent of issuing statements saying, I don't think this team's any good anymore. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, wherever, you can negotiate and try and see what's on offer and, and go and look elsewhere and try and get your true value to the club as a player. And I think you should do that as a player because the club, whatever, you know, it's not going to be that loyal to you that it's going to give you money just because for the sake of it, it's not going to give you what you're worth unless you kind of make it clear what you're worth because it's a it's a institution trying to make money and all that stuff. Um, but neither of them said, oh, I'm leaving United because they're rubbish. Yeah, you know, which is essentially what he said. And essentially, and and of course, you know, very very smart reaction from Patrice Evra today, who who said, uh, "I don't think a player who doesn't trust his teammate should be in the team." Yeah, I mean, Fair absolutely, enough. and 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 I I don't ever want to see him play for United again, but not out of any kind of personal hatred. Like I don't I don't feel any personal antipathy towards Rain Rooney whatsoever. I think he's he's had a an experience of life which we can only there's you can only speculate on what it feels like to be Wayne Rooney it's such a an extraordinarily out of the ordinary uh, journey through life to be that rich and that idolized at such a young age and he's clearly always had like a pretty sizable ego on him i remember being sort of a bit affronted in the 2006 World Cup when he was injured and then he arrived at, at, at the training camp late and apparently said you know the big man's here yeah you know and he, he's, he's obviously got that kind of opinion of himself which is 
not entirely unjustified by the extraordinary talent he's displayed on the pitch. And if he goes to Manchester City because he's going to make £250,000 a week and he's going to be part of an experiment that, that may end up in the short term building some kind of incredibly successful trophy winning dynasty. And certainly if he wants to go to Real Madrid to be managed by Jose Mourinho and play with Ronaldo again and probably win the lot because that would, you know, I really think Madrid are going to go places under Mourinho yeah. Stays there. Well, they're playing extremely well at the moment. I mean, they've got a, a great side, and they had they had the the kind of bricks and mortar there, and, and Jose's put it together in a you know in a, a stunning way already. Yeah, so, you know, I you, I just cannot fault a player for doing that. I think the way he's done it has been pretty classless. I think yeah. he's, you know, and, and I think if he goes to City, obviously it'll be very hurtful. Now, like, I'm one of those terrible Manchester United fans that's not from Manchester, so it's probably different for me. <gasps> shock, shock. Yeah, you know what I mean? Don't say it ain't so. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by my broad Salford accent, right? Um, you know, it, it's it's so there is a difference, and I, and I do appreciate that. There's a difference in the level of um, the the amount you care about that rivalry. I'm sure that's the case. Um, but it's just another club. It, 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 it's not just. I know it's not. Just it's not just club, another club. But, it's not just. A, to be honest, I don't care whether he uh, he ends up at Manchester City, and you know, it feels like a good fit for him if he wants to go play in the Bertie Dome and have that kind of stench of plastic uh, then let him go do it I mean <laughs> nothing about that is genuine right so that the project it, yeah. it's, it's, it's funded from sources that are not natural to Manchester City it's full of players who would not be there other than the massive amount of money you have someone like Yaya Torre who's essentially a pretty average player earning a staggering amount of money because it's the only way they could get him there and a whole bunch of other players of that ilk so and and then they have they've stored up their own problems because they've got to um they've got to meet the the financial fair play regulations themselves from next summer mm. and uh, you know they'll write off quite a bit of stuff you know they're not going to have to worry about the immortalization which is a massive chunk of their accounts right at the moment um, yeah. naturally you have a squad that expensive you're going to write it down a lot uh, yeah. and you know I guess they'll if they've done all this spending now they won't have to do the spending in the future because they've built a squad and they have brought on the whole quite young players uh, uh, but the wages are a massive problem at the moment it's 107% of turnover that was the last account it's probably going to be 130 140% of turnover <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's gonna, I was going to say it's probably going to be 300% of turnover because they're going to pay Wayne Rooney half a million pounds well a yeah there's, there's, a, there's a couple of interesting you know massive amount of column inches obviously I mean I've, I've done a ton on, on the uh, the blog on Wayne Rooney itself but um, one one of them I thought was very interesting from a US perspective in the New York Times looking at the differences in the economics and how football is changing and how in the past uh, clubs have tried to keep a fairly flat even wage. I mean, in fact, when professional first came in, professionalism first came in in 1888, um, everyone was paid the same. And of course, there's a maximum wage came in sli- slightly after that. And that didn't leave us until the 60s and and so there was this kind of historical thing in football where everyone in the club was paid about the same and you know over years that got eroded a bit and you did have the star players on more and the youngsters on nothing and and all of that uh, 
but not the same kind of differentials as you do get in uh, US sport, where, uh, you know, depending on the sport, but say in baseball, they have a slightly smaller squad than they would do in football, but the the main pitcher might be paid $15 million a year and the relief guy, $250,000. And there's a massive differential between the players. And that hasn't yeah. really happened in football, but there's some thought that maybe it is now. Maybe that's, uh, you know, the Abu Dhabi group coming in as non-football people are saying, well, why shouldn't we pay the massive stars that much? Because actually they're the people who drive the commercial revenues and we realise that that's a real driver in the future that Manchester City have a lot of room for growth there and you know i.e. they don't have many commercial revenues right now um, and you know the big stars do drive that uh, you know even if you can't justify the £300,000 a week in footballing terms yeah and well absolutely and also you know there's a differential in terms of the contribution to success on the pitch because a middling left back is replaceable and Wayne Rooney is irreplaceable you know, whatever you can, you can get some. Or he, he might not be irreplaceable, but he's incredibly difficult to replace. I mean, I think if you look at it, in, you know, think of course a lot of talk about who's left um, in the past, and is it, I mean, he's, I don't think he's irreplaceable in in terms of the current squad. He's going to be a huge loss because you know, for all the reasons we've talked about, is he is he more important to us than Eric Cantona was? Has he scored more goals than Ruud van Nistelrooy? Uh, is it was you know was he a, the same kind of influence as the dressing room as Roy Keane? I I don't know. I mean you know. Yeah. Okay. But let's take those one by one. Cantona re- retired um, at or close to his peak, but was not necessarily the pinnacle of physical conditioning and may have declined fairly rapidly. Well, he, he certainly went on to decline fairly rapidly physically through a love of fine living, which is perfectly reasonable life choice given his he's earned it if anyone has Roy Keane was way past his peak when he left and Van Nistelrooy scored an awful lot of goals for United but he scored them in a system that that didn't suit the club as a whole and whatever you know I mean it wasn't a period of great success for the club was it no, um, and and we did replace his goals. I, I think you know people are talking about this, comparing Rooney leaving to Ronaldo leaving, and obviously, if if you could lose one of the two of them, you'd probably lose uh, Rooney because, as as you said at the beginning of last season, who's the most destructive player you've ever seen play? It's Cristiano Ronaldo. But but to lose Rooney when you've already lost Ronaldo, you there's an absolutely gaping vacuum at the club of yeah. talent of, of creativity. Well, you you know people talk about oh well we've won the three leagues and the uh, and the, the European Cup you know since the Glazers are coming yeah but that strike force for the 2008 season was predominantly Ronaldo Rooney and Tevez and of course you know we bought Berbatov but um he you know he, subsequently and he he just didn't play a lot in Europe but. You know, that's that's a huge loss to use, lose three players of that massive world ill, and uh, and it, you know it. Even if they bought three world stars to replace them, they still then got to go and buy world stars to replace Skulls, Van der Sar, and Giggs because there's some serious talent there. Even now, United are going to be losing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right? This is this may well be a ridiculously unpopular thing to say, but I don't. I'm not sad about the current situation at Manchester United. I think I think it's a bad situation and I think we're in massive decline and I think we'll probably be challenging for fourth within a couple of seasons and, and I hope I'm wrong. But it's okay. It's okay. It's football. It's 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 important to people and it has its place in the structure of a life and whatever. But United was 
had many years of not that much success and we've been absolutely spoiled rotten by success in the last in the last 20 years the the thing that is slightly frustrating is is that people are kind of claiming that it's not happening that, yeah. that's the difficulty that somehow just trust in Sir Alex because he's done it before and I, I would seriously argue that if he hadn't signed Cristiano Ronaldo and Cristiano Ronaldo hadn't become the player that he became he wouldn't have done it again I, you know what all of that all of that's true isn't it and um, whether by design or little bits of luck it came together for that sort of three year period didn't it and and you can say trust in Alex and he knows what he's doing and, and he's played on that very very heavily in the last two days saying you know I've won 27 trophies and people need to trust in youth and they can't see three years hence and what that told me is he thinks we're not going to be very successful for the next three years but you I don't believe you know with the exception of that that sort of you know class of 92 period and the Busby Babes and whatever but historically in football no one has been massively successful without a balanced strategy and that balanced strategy might have youth might have the best local players and sorry this is aping the Galacticos um, uh, policy and and, you know the kind of best of world players and and United have a very successful strategy in the last sort of 15 years of doing that we have spent big I think it's really hilarious when people try and deny you know it's this lovely bit of spin the club put out well we don't we don't buy stars we make them well, you know, we broke the British record, transfer record, six times, and we spent more than thirty million on, on you know, Berbatov and Varon and and Ferdinand and close to that with Rooney. You know, so we've spent massively, and United have bullied other clubs in the Premiership financially because mm-hmm. we could, right? Yeah, we yep. could. And well, when we when we bought Wayne Rooney for twenty-seven million pounds, yeah, thirteen, and me and you had a conversation on MSN, which shows you how long ago it was. Because uh, nowadays we'd have had that conversation on Twitter where you said it's because the club's so incredibly well run that we can afford to spend twenty-seven million pounds. Ferguson said today, people said in two thousand and five that uh, Ronaldo and Rooney wouldn't be good enough. I don't think anyone ever said Rooney wouldn't be good enough. Maybe Ronaldo, yeah, there, there was some doubts about him, but I, I really don't remember anyone saying that Rooney wouldn't come. Well, well I'll tell you what, when Ronaldo came on for that last 20 minutes against Bolton and mm. uh, went, you know, past about six players and knocked one over with his left foot, I thought, yeah, he's going to be good enough. You know, and, that, and then. It was, and, it was electric, that it was. was uh, it was the best 20 minutes I'd, I'd, you know, seen since, you know, Ryan Giggs pissed all over QPR when, you know, we got destroyed by them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hate that you always bring it up. <laughs> the first United game I ever went to, standing in the Stretford End, watching us get beat 4-1, Lee Sharp had a really bad hangover. <laughs> yes. Um, one, but... one, of the, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, um, just very briefly, um, which actually Sean Ingle mentioned on, on Football Weekly, not the most recent one, but the one before, um, which I, I really it really struck me, and I, I'd noticed it before he said it, um, people have lost all faith in the press when the guardian ran on monday well when daniel taylor said on twitter on um sunday night i can't believe this is happening and 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 linked to the story rooney to leave manchester united it, it was like the guardian does not print rooney to leave manchester united unless it's happening no right well no. look they print absolutely rumors absolutely. rise blah 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 they might run a story but when i told someone on um on tuesday at work a, a big united fan I, I told him that sir alex had just given a press conference and and said that rooney was leaving he looked absolutely shocked 
and he really he thought I was winding him up, and 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 you know he he'd known what had been said in the papers. Right. But it's like people, the, the newspapers might be kind of low on credibility sometimes, but if they write in big letters, this is happening. It's probably happening. It's their credibility, uh, and people forget that. I mean, you know, I know the red tops go out there, right? But if you put your name to something, it's your credibility as a as a journalist. You know, I've 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 worked there, and if you're and I didn't I didn't do news, but if you're going to make a statement about something, put it in print against your name, and you know you're making a statement based on some kind of fact you believe to be true. You better stand it up, and 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 I'm quite sure Daniel Taylor not only got the story from from Stratford and his people but had a secondary source to validate it too I'm quite sure and you know I saw that there was a storm of people demanding that you have some quotes well frankly you don't get those stories if you start quoting people uh, a no, lot of absolutely. the time and and you know I kind of felt sorry for them because he, he had got a very good story and it turns out he was very accurate as well yeah well yeah <laughs> but like of course he was very accurate it's not a surprise that he was very accurate because that is a credible source of news and yes they absolutely print rumour but if they're ever printing rumour they will always say we're printing this as a rumour you know and 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 yeah sure they they kind of abuse that to sell newspapers sometimes and and but but whatever anyway i think that that point's made um yeah so uh so i don't know i think he's gonna go and 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 as sad as it is i don't think he's going to madrid because i think it's pretty clear that he's he's going to Man City isn't it I mean yeah, it would seem so I mean it just depends how much United want to fight this because it, it might be that they try and engineer a move to, to somebody else uh, you know maybe Chelsea as a, a more realistic alternative to Madrid because uh, you know I think probably Rooney that wouldn't be his first choice I know Madrid want him right Jose wants him Madrid wants him it's very much the kind of profile of player that Madrid would want they think they're beaten already this is you know Guillaume Balaguer's kind of take on it they think they're already beaten because he's already signed or you know that he's going to sign with City United still have yeah right and you know it's kind of I think that's the flavour of it Um, United do still have 18 months on that contract they can play with now every day that they don't make a decision it's going to cost them yeah. And uh, if they don't sell him in January, they'll get the biggest fee in January. And if they sell him to City, they'll get the biggest fee again because it's not really about money with City unless they just want to screw around with United and not give them as much, you know, make United sweat on it, which they could do if they wanted to wait till next summer. Next summer, have a look at what happened with, and I'll give you an example, Gareth Barry and James Milner. Now, yeah. you know, I they're both okay players, but, you know, I think they're about the same level, right? No, yeah. they're both decent players. Gareth Barry, eight million. James Milner, twenty-four million. And the real difference was Gary, Gareth Barry had twelve months left on his contract. If United leave it until um, next summer uh, and don't sell him in that window, um, you know they're not going to sell him for any kind of money because they'll get nothing in the January, and it'll be extremely disruptive. Um, so really, it's now is the time they need to sell him to maximise the value. Of course, that you know how disruptive is that? They're not going to be able to get an adequate replacement. Um, in the middle of the window, most likely, and if they did, most likely he's he's going to be cup tied for European European football. So it's a massive loss this this season. You know, you might say we'd write off our chances of of winning any trophies as a result, and we'd also boost someone else's chance as well. But you know, that's the kind of strategy United are going to have to play with here because you know it's probably short term success for money or less money for the short-term success, if you see what I mean. 
So you mean you can ex- you're essentially exchanging short term success for money? Yeah. Whereas if you have so money equals no short term success and no short term success equals money. Well, you know, if if we have Wayne Rooney in the side and they somehow placate him to stay right now and say, look, we need you, and they get him playing and fit and in form, our chances of... I don't want it. I just... Nobody wants that. What what member of that team wants to pass the ball to Wayne Rooney at this point, you know? They they probably don't, but everyone everyone in the Arsenal side knows that Cesc Fabregas wants to leave. It's completely different, though. I bet everyone in the Liverpool side knows that Torres wants to leave as well, and for whatever reason, he didn't, reluctantly. I, I do think they're both very different situations, actually. I think Fabregas in particular is kind of incomparable because he's kind of he's staying for an extra season out of some kind of loyalty or whatever. And it, it, Fabregas to Barcelona is like at some point in it's like Ronaldo to Real Madrid. It's like we, we kept Ronaldo for an extra season. Uh, and everyone knew he was going to go to Madrid at the end of the season. And that was kind of okay with everyone because it's just a completely natural fit that he's going to do at some point in his career. Whereas Rooney leaving is it's just a, it's a totally different thing. And neither of those players came out and said, oh, by the way, I'm leaving because the rest no, of no. you lot aren't this, possible this to is, save th- your life. This is more extreme, for for sure. And, and you know, the natural fit for Rooney would appear to be United. We always thought that. And, uh, and not City, he just... Uh, He's going to turn himself into just a yet another one of their plastic mercenaries. This will be what they're talking about now, and this will be the calculation. So, sale in January, get most money. Sale next year, it might be as low as twenty million. It might be less than that. I mean, and and that money will, I guess, will definitely be reinvested because it's not part of the business model, right? They they're not counting on that to pay down the picks, whether they do or they don't. You know, given our conversation earlier, but um, they'll definitely reinvest the the, the really money. But it might not be very much. So I, I, I kind of, I think there's, there's not enough nuance and discussion about football. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear from this week. There's, there's two camps. There's, you know, this is all the Glazers' fault. Rooney is leaving because the Glazers are evil, and there's Rooney's leaving because he's a greedy, insert, unpleasant term here, a scouser. Um, that's a pretty unpleasant term, yes. <laughs> for example, and, and neither of those things are true. Neither of those things are. Neither of those things are either true or without truth. No, you know, and I, I, I as hope we would say the middle way is the way. <laughs> you know. Well, I, I hope we've given some of that uh, nuanced discussion uh, today in this podcast. I, you know, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of complexity to this, and and there might still be yet. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, I should just draw attention to the fact that 20 minutes before the show, I, as I said, I, I put out a call on Twitter saying, what do you want us to talk about uh, this week? And uh, CDN Stretti, as I said, said to Parks Hair, at Ryan Lockwood said, please, please, please don't talk about me again. Sorry, Ryan, it just slipped out. I didn't mean to. Um, Normally we talk about him behind his back. So, you know, <laughs> special true. case on the podcast. But I have to say that... Um, uh, whilst we talk about him we are listening to new orleans big band jazz which i know he's a big fan of um at chris say hi uh hi chris uh said he's heard about some chat about rooney not sure what it was though yeah i hear that there's some some stuff going on about him doing the rounds uh, at happy hero what does mrs ferguson put on alex's sandwich i'm guessing it's not prawns no that's a good point I, I suspect it probably isn't what do you think it is what do you think is sir alex ferguson's his favorite sandwich i think he has a a slab of uh, cold Scotch beef with some horseradish on it. I don't. I think he has like something incongruently fancy, like he has something with a really elaborate Italian name, prosciutto. There you go. He, he has prosciutto yeah. with, a, with uh, a fine bottle of red. At underscore Iaron 
or I Aaron, you really shouldn't read out Twitter names out loud. He says we should discuss the bring back Dong Fangzhou movement. Good point, actually. Dong never slagged off his teammates, did he? I, I don't think he had the language skills to slag off his teammates. And um, given that he played most of his career in the Belgian 15th division, uh, he, you know, I think it wouldn't been, have been very fair either. I think he's back in Belgium, isn't he? I, I, I heard some chatter about that. Went back to China for a while and he's now back in the might of the Belgian second division. If it was a football manager, he would now like have Flemish as a second language. I wonder if he actually does. Um, and at Tawny said, does Rooney even deserve a mention? I've lost all respect for him and threw his kit into the fire last night which is an example of the that extremity we were talking about and i do understand i do understand the the kind of emotional the sense of betrayal for someone that you have genuinely invested love and support in because being being a football fan is an act of love love is conveyed to the to the players that's why it's in it's mentioned in a lot of songs the, yeah. the word love and 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 when somebody essentially betrays your love uh, that's that's painful but of course the thing about professional footballers is with the exception of Ryan Giggs Paul Scholes and Gary Neville they're not worthy of that love no, well, look, most of them, genuinely, and I've, I've spoken to many of them over the years, uh, just see it as a job, right? Yeah. It's just a job. Yes, they love playing football, and, and you know, some of them, the, the smarter ones, realise how lucky they are. Many of them yeah. just see it as a job. It's going to work. And um, just as the Glazers see us as customers, and, you know, they've made that, that distinction between us as fans and customers and play on the fan bit in order to drive the custom. And, you know, players, uh, again, are just doing a job and um you know sometimes football fans don't see those distinctions and uh, we are fans always and and this is where it comes to bite you and and you know and and we talked about in some very extreme terms you know frankly most of us would if offered on the sly hey well w wages mate do you fancy going to you know our company x yeah Yeah, exactly you can make widgets can make blue widgets you know yeah we'd all jump at it exactly we'd all jump at it and uh so we talk about it in very emotive terms and in terms of what Rooney's done is, you know, highly immoral in some way. And greed is terrible. But we'd all, you know... And, and of course, the scale of it is, is you know, makes it... Um, you know, at Rio 35... Uh, yeah, asked the I other. Think t- you should only ever refer to him as that from now on. That's right. I, I, I love I love winding up. Not that he ever responds, but I, I get a stream of abuse whenever I uh, take him down for one of his product shills, uh, which I do find rather annoying. Um, but yeah, he he said, you know, why why people don't seem to relate to footballers anymore? Why is that? I was like, are you really asking this, Ria? Are you really asking this, Mister? I'm not signing a, another contract for eighty grand. I want a hundred grand a week. You know. So yeah. Um, so the scales are, are different clearly um you know i would i would think there are very few united fans percentage wise that earn three hundred thousand pounds in a year let alone a week uh, many of them won't earn three hundred thousand pounds in 10 years yeah well absolutely and and it's it's very difficult to relate to someone saying one hundred and thirty thousand pounds is an outrageously low figure to offer me for a contract per week uh, that, that's a very difficult thing to relate to. It's like Ashley Cole, who was vilified for saying, I couldn't believe it when they offered me 55. I thought I'd been, I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. But th- but life is relative. Life is experienced in a relative 
way. There may be one objective truth out there in the world, although the postmodernists would have you believe that that's not the case, but there are certainly more than six billion subjective truths because our truths are formed at the intersection between us and the rest of the world, yeah. you know? Yeah. So so if, if your reality is that you're valuing yourself in relation to the rest of your teammates and you you know how your employer perceives your value is measured in that kind of comparative way you know Wayne Rooney's entitled to say he's worth in inverted commas more than £130,000 a week yes and I t- t- totally agree it's relative to what the, and this this was the discussion I was having with uh, at R underscore O underscore M Republican Mancunia Scott from the Republican Mancunia site and I was just basically saying market values changed now you know yeah uh, and uh, yeah, and he's got a very valid point as well. You know, he his take is that Rennie's just greedy and he's a traitor for it, essentially. Uh, and I don't think I'm doing him a disservice uh, by paraphrasing him in that way. And, and I just think, well, City can offer more. So Chelsea probably can't. Chelsea are probably being a bit more sensible because they're trying to hit the financial fair play regulations. And they're trying to break even. And uh, so they're coming yeah, back towards their natural state of being. Um, well, Chelsea have kind of, um, they've, it's like, all, it's all very well, but they, they, the reason that they can afford to do that is because they said to help with money for five years. Right. And just built a squad that could do it and built a reputation and all that kind of stuff. Right. The, the world is going to change and, and uh, people are going to, and, and wages may well come down. Down, especially at those clubs that are spending far more than they can afford and yeah which and, is why if you're 25 and one of the most kind of gloried players in the world to think that this is the exact moment in time where you can make the most money you'll ever make in your life oh absolutely i, I think uh, i think i'm quite sure that stretford has said this to him this move or this next contract is absolutely crucial because the one afterwards might won't might not be as big given the new reality we're going to be in the other thing to say about rooney of course is he drinks he smokes he shags prostitutes you know he might be full of sexual diseases and bad lungs and whatever, and he might be burnt out by 28. I, I, I'm really not quick to judge someone for their morality because a person's morality is, is like I've, I've just said about their sense of truth. It's formed by things that you can't kind of hope to understand, really, unless you get very close to a person. And But, it, but from any kind of standpoint of, like, measuring whether someone's in a good place or not, if they're having sex with a prostitute while the girlfriend or wife is eight months pregnant, there's something very, very wrong in that person's life. Well, especially paying £1,200 for it, you know, I'm sure <laughs> I'd, I'd got him a deal somewhere. I worry about the well-being of these footballers and, and um, when you find one who's a class act, it's uh, it's really heartening kind of thing. And you you do wonder if Giggs is the last generation of, uh, of class acts in football. I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure there's plenty of professional footballers who are decent, upstanding citizens. Uh, Rio seems to be a pretty good example of that, in fact. You know, there's... But it, it, it's just a, a very sad indictment of the world of professional football. And... and and throws into absolutely sharp relief the huge gulf between the people in the stands and the people on the pitch. Yes, it does. And I, I guess probably that's our last word on it. For this podcast, at least, I think, um, I'm sure we'll be uh, visiting this again in a week's time when the, the story might have moved on. Um, I, I guess we should end, uh, as we usually do, with a preview of the, the weekend's game, shouldn't we? Oh, yeah, I mean, football, football. There is actually a game. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to... Oh, God, I was going to try... I was just trying to be, like, enthusiastic and optimistic about our 
chances against Stoke, but I, I, I dearly hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be a subpar performance and a draw where we go, because good job we got a point, really, wasn't it? It's obviously going to be a physical game uh, because it's Stoke, right? Um, and I guess that's why they rested uh, Rio Ferdinand, because they want to make sure he's in good shape for it. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game for sure it's going to be a tough game I can't see anything other than playing one up front so I'm sure he'll play Berbatov uh, Giggs I guess is not fit uh, it's unfortunate that Park is fit because he's probably going to play on the left wing with Nani on the right and I guess Skulls will come back into it and probably have sort of Carrick Skulls Fletcher Anderson Skulls Fletcher something like that in the in the midfield and uh, and Rio back into the back four and I assume Edwin will be back as well yeah I hope so um, and and I, one thing is like yes, yeah, Stoke are very physical, but we're not. We're not. We're we're not kind of. I think actually, physical teams are not a bad match for us. I think we're pretty good against physical sides because and the, we we don't seem to have any kind of level of physical intimidation or whatever. They're, they're pretty tough. Yeah, bunch, yeah. Bunch I, it's 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 not quite the day when we had you know Robson, Ince, and Keane in the side, but uh, no. <laughs> uh, but but yes, I think we can uh, we can stand up to a bit of that. But clearly, a good atmosphere at, at at the Britannia, and for some bizarre reason, Stoke City fans hate us and think we're some kind of local rival. Yeah, it's weird. Um, well, I went to the game in Stoke, and I was getting the train back, and there was the most uncomfortable I've ever been actually in a in a football setting. Like the 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 Stoke fans are just a horrible horrible bunch the the, the the little group that was on the uh, that was on the on the train with me it was it was it was it was kind of scary a couple yeah, of points. that's that's them all over but yeah it's gonna be a tough game and um, you know I, we are on a 19 match unbeaten run yeah uh, absolutely that's it's it's kind of worth mentioning it really is because it's, it's it's a bit grim and, and it should you know it, it should be a lot better than it has been in terms of results but but yeah we haven't lost the game for and I don't think we're gonna lose. Uh, I don't because I think you know we've. I think if Berbatov plays, that's there's goals in that side, right? And I tell you what, I, I more than ever, um, Dimitar Berbatov's going to absolutely have to score a lot of goals this season. Isn't uh, yeah, too right. I mean, he hasn't actually scored for you know since Liverpool game, right? So I know, I know, um, it's a it's a drought. So I'm not I'm not sure he's in good form anymore. Of course, one player definitely in form is Nani. I mean, he, you know, he had a decent game against Bursaspor. I thought he was the United standout player, aside from the, the very well taken goal uh, you know another one from him so yes Berbatov um, and Nani and you know it'd be nice to see Hernandez I mean, he got a one chance against Bersaspor didn't put it away that was a shock wasn't it and, uh, I was uh, delighted to see on Twitter somebody um, suggesting that we should all be singing Viva Hernandez they call him Little Pete he's better than Rooney Viva Hernandez yes I've, I've seen a few versions of that that uh, have a <laughs> few like extra it. words in there yeah <laughs> yes yes absolutely oh and um, also, another thing I saw on Twitter this week, which I enjoyed greatly, um, we, we've managed to do a whole week without making fun of Liverpool in any way. So I should point out that at John Lennon International Airport, there's a statue of John Lennon, and on it there's a plaque saying, Above us only sky. And below it, some wit had put a bit of paper that said, Below us only West Ham. Whatever happens, it's brilliant being a United fan. It's brilliant. You just wouldn't change it for the world. Out of all the... Um, of all the things that have been said this week, back and forth, my my favourite was just when Sir Alex said just the words "incredible romance," and you know, there's no spin in that. There's incredible romance at Manchester United, and and if we go through a period now where we're we're in a cycle where we're kind of not not the big dogs in world football for a few years, it, it'll come back again, and uh, it, it's just the nature of the beast. 
It certainly is. And on that note, I think that's the end of the podcast for this week. We'll be back um, as usual every Friday. Hopefully, we'll have some good news for you next week, and it won't just be about uh, Wayne Rooney and his disloyalty or otherwise. <laughs>